In Parashas Kitaitze, among the many mitzvahs we have, is a mitzvah not often spoken about, that is a mitzvah directed to the Basin. And the Pasuk says, If a person is found culpable of doing a very serious enough that he deserves to be punished, the Naloch is Teresa Salat. After he is punished, he's been killed, he's admitted to hang him on a tree. But the Pasuk warns us, don't leave him hanging on the tree, bury him the same day, he killed us at a Kim Salim. What does that mean? There's a mitzvah to hang him and there's a mitzvah to take him down. He shouldn't remain hanging. Why ki kiddurus alakim tarot? It's a khala of Hashem, so to speak. That a person should be left in such a, such a position. And we need to understand two things. The simple question is then why do we hang him in the first place? What's the point of doing something just temporarily? What's it meant to achieve? And the second question is Rashi. Rashi brings here a Chazal that says it's a marshal to two brothers. One became a king and the other went the opposite direction and became a highwayman. And eventually the highwayman was caught and he was hung for his crimes. And he was left hanging that his people should see and it should be a deterrent to them not to do similar crimes. And says the Midrash quote in Rashi that people would see this man and make mistakenly think it was the king. And therefore, when the king was aware of that mistake, he ordered that the man be brought down. And this also needs an explanation. What's the nimshal meant to be? What's the nimshal meant to be? Obviously there's no way we can compare that to ourselves and Hashem. No one's going to make such a mistake. And as Ramban points out, that when we're talking about the marshal of Hashem in Klai Yisrael, we talk about the marshal of a father and a son. Not the marshal of two brothers. So what's the Mashal of Rashi coming to teach us? I believe there's a very deep message we can learn from this mitzvah. Let's try and understand it as follows. Imagine, at least for the purposes of this Russia, that you were a king. You were a king, you were a ruler over a country, you had absolute power and control, and then you find out that in some distant province of your country, there's an uprising, there's a rebellion. So of course, uh, any threat to the rain has to be dealt with and dealt with severely. So as a king you send your crack troops and your soldiers and they quell the uprising, they squash the rebellion. But now you have a dilemma and that is on the one hand you can publicize that in this far-off province 
there was an attempted coup or attempted rebellion, but the king and his strength managed to destroy it, and the rebels were unsuccessful. On the other hand, one could ask to keep quiet about it, not say anything. If you think it through, there's a benefit and there's a disadvantage to each way. On the one hand, the benefits of publicizing that the rebellion has been contained and destroyed is no one should think that the rebels were successful. No one should think that they can get away with trying to rebel against the king. It's an example, look how strong the king is. That he's able to deal with those who dare defy or disobey his rule. So it's a good deterrent to any future rebel. On the other hand, it's a stain on the prestige of the king that people are uprising against him. Now if you hear about a king that in the course of his reign has successfully put down multiple uprisings, it doesn't just make sound that he was a very strong king. It makes us wonder why the citizens felt the need to try again and again, so to speak, to overthrow him. And therefore it's not necessarily an honor to the king to be informed that there were those who disobeyed him and those who had to be, so to speak, who had to be fought as rebels. So what's the king meant to do? In a case where there was a rebellion, is he meant to publicize the rebellion and publicize that nevertheless he was stronger? Or does that do more harm than good? Maybe we should rather keep quiet about it. I should really stop now and give everybody the chance to think for themselves. If they were the king, what would they do? But for the purposes of continuing the drush, I'm going to carry on. And I'm going to suggest what I would do. And that is, if people know of the rebellion, then people might think, that the rebels are gaining ground, they're being successful. And therefore, Bishas Maise, when the rebellion is overthrown, there would be a point to announcing that the rebels have failed, the king vanquished them, that no one should think that they're being Matzlech, no one should think that they're being successful. But after the event, was that something I would want written in my autobiography as a king? Something I would want to be remembered about my reign? No, I'd much rather it's forgotten. Because in hindsight, or from the perspective of history, it just damages the king's reputation that there were rebellions against him. That's my motion. And if you agree with that chiduk, that separation between the two options, so let's go to the nimshah. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates this world in a way where everything He created is meant to serve Him. He creates a world that Everything Hashem creates in the world is there to bring for Shemayim. That's what it's meant to do. And when it does, that's what gives honor to Hashem. And yet, 
Unfortunately, not everything in the world is bringing Kvachimai. Unfortunately, there are those who are living a life which is an antithesis to Kvachimai. There are those who have made it their mission to fight Hashem and to fight His Torah. And now that there are those who rebels against Hashem, let's ask the same question again. What is Hashem meant to do? Is He meant to publicize that He's destroying those who rebel against Him? Or not? What's going to rectify the Chilul Hashem which comes about? So on the one hand, we have Psukim Ba'avoid Rishayim Rina. There's a certain sense of happiness when the Rosh gets destroyed. We ask, Hashem Nukayim Nikmas We should see the revenge you're going to take on those who destroyed, those who killed innocent Jewish people. To see the punishment of the Rishayim, on the one hand, is a correction for the Chilul Hashem that they brought about. Because as long as the Rosh is successful and he shows he can act with impunity and he can disregard the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and seemingly nothing happens to him, that makes the Chilul Hashem. Like the Pasuk says, that the Anshe Risha, they escaped punishment. They seem to get away with what they're doing wrong. And it leaves the question mark. How could that be? How could people disobey Hashem? And therefore, when they are punished, that rectifies that misconception. When they are punished, then we see, When you destroy your enemies, then we see that they never really were able to disobey Hashem. And therefore, to some extent, the punishment of Rishayim shows us that it's an exercise in futility to try and disobey Hashem. That's important. But on the other hand, there's a second factor. And that is, even though Hashem destroys the Rishayim, there's still Chilul Hashem. There's still Chilul Hashem in the very fact that there were Rishayim. And shows that people did disobey Hashem. Even if they got punished for it. And therefore, what's meant to rectify that element of Chilul Hashem? Not just the fact that, so to speak, the, the Rishayim was successful. Publicizing the eventual downfall of the Rishayim will undo that. But that there were Rishayim at all. That people felt that they were able to disobey Hashem. In a sense, that's a Chilul Hashem too. And if we understand this, then look. let's look together for what we daven for in Rosh Hashanah. We daven for the ultimate revelation of Kvot We daven that the whole world should recognize Hashem and serve Hashem. The entire world should join together to do Hashem's Ratzon with the full heart. The ultimate revelation of Kod Shemayim. 
and we're going to rejoice. Vachain Sadikim Yurav Yismach of Yisharim Yaloizu. Vachasidim Birina Yagilu. Each to the level that they achieved is the expression of their happiness when that will come about. But let's focus on the next line. V'chol harisha kula ka'ashan tichle. And all the evil will dissipate like smoke. It will cease to exist. This lashon of kula ka'ashan tichle comes from a pasuk. The pasuk says in Tehillim, Kinei Rishayim Yavedu, Rishayim will be destroyed. The enemies of Hashem, Kiyakarakorim, is like the fat of the sheep. And when it's burnt, it's kolu ka'ashan kolu, it just goes up in smoke. There's nothing left. It disappears. Oyvei Hashem. Enemies of Hashem, they'll disappear. Why? Because on the one hand, like we said, there's a certain level of Kiddush Hashem in the fact that Hashem shows that the Rishoyim who chose to oppose Him were unsuccessful. They get brought down, they get humbled. But on a higher level, there's a Kiddush Hashem is only complete when they disappear. The very, the very sight of a Russia, even the Russia has been punished, is a demonstration of a person who did the wrong thing. A reminder of a person who disobeyed Hashem. That itself is a lack of Pachamayim. And therefore, Oyvei Hashem, enemies of Hashem, those whose very existence was to oppose Hashem, it's not enough to punish them. They have to disappear. Let's understand this chiluk from a second perspective. We know when it comes to one's parents, there's two restrictions in the Torah. The one is not to attack, not to injure, not to harm one's parents. There's a second one too. Not to curse one's parents. Now, not to attack one's parents is more understandable. It can cause harm. And therefore, a person like that deserves to be punished. He's a threat. But when it comes to not cursing one's parents, barring the chazal that maybe every curse has some effect, but without that, and the pastors, cursing somebody isn't going to have much of an effect on them. And if that's the case, what's the seriousness of the crime? And the answer is, not the effect of the curse, as much as the person's able to curse. That's a zilzul. That's an absolute lack of covet. That instead of honoring and respecting somebody, one's way of dealing with them is to curse them. And therefore they deserve to be punished. Not as revenge, not to eliminate the threat, but because of the lack of covet which comes from a curse. But if that's the case, it's something we put into these two categories. 
If an enemy stands up to confront the king, so the king has to show he's stronger. And therefore he'd have to publicize at least at the beginning, even though these people rose in rebellion and had this amount of people, soldiers, and this is what they were able to do. Nevertheless, the king was stronger. He overcame them because a rebellion is a threat to the king. Whereas if a person would curse the king, so then it's something the king would want to keep quiet. There's no benefit to saying that the king was cursed. It's just a lack of respect. And therefore, when it comes to that, it's much better to keep it silent. The person that cursed should disappear. It shouldn't be a memory, a memory to him. But to publicize that is in itself an insult of the king. If you understand this principle, so we can understand the part of the question that Moshe Rabbeinu had in the story of the Makaila, the person who cursed Tafesh Hashem. Because on the one hand, is it a terrible crime? A terrible zilzil? Yes. On the other hand, is killing the person publicly going to publicize the crime that he did? Yes. If that's the case, maybe it's better not to do something which is going to publicize the crime. And therefore, if we understand this principle, so then let's look at our possible. A person who did a serious error to the extent that he had to be killed. So on the one hand, immediately there's a reason, there's a reason to show that he's been punished. That people shouldn't learn from his mistake. People shouldn't take him as an example. And therefore, after killing something, we string him on a tree. People should see that he's been punished. One doesn't get away with disobeying Hashem. But, we don't want to leave him hanging. Because that's just bringing attention to the Khilal Hashem that somebody disobeyed Hashem. And therefore, we take him right down again. Bashas Maisa, to show he's been punished, we do. After that, we would much rather the whole incident gets forgotten. We don't want a Zaykhir of people who disobeyed Hashem. If we leave him hanging, it's a killer It's a living or a dead example of killer of a person who showed disrespect for Hashem. We don't want that. We don't want to focus on those people who disobey Hashem. And therefore, after hanging him, immediately we're going to remove him so he should no longer be there as a symbol of his own crime. That's the main yesod. If that's the case, let's get to the second point. Let's look to understand the marshal. And as pointed out previously, it's not a marshal for Hashem and the Klai Yisrael. That will be the marshal of a father and a son. It's a marshal of two brothers. And what's the significance of the marshal of two brothers? The one who became a king, the one who became a highwayman. And when the highwayman was hung, people mistook him for the king. That's a zilzal to the king. That his lookalike is hanging. 
people think it's him. And the name shall is that every person Hashem created in this world, He created to be a tzaddik. He created to do Ritzon Hashem. Every person has the potential to be the king. And if a person misuses his life, and if a person squanders the koyach Hashem gave him, and goes the other direction and becomes a highway man, then even if that person deserves to be hung for his crimes, but for the person who sees a human being in that position, sees somebody who, who could have been a tzaddik, somebody who was meant to be a tzaddik, somebody who Hashem hoped would be a tzaddik, hanging, that's an insult to Hashem. As the king is hanging. As the good side of the person, we see him as how he's ruined himself. And like we said, in a world where everything is bringing Kvachamayim, the very fact that there is a Russia is a serious Kvachamayim. Even if the Russia has been punished. And that's why we don't leave a person in that situation. If we understand this, then we also understand why a Molech is going to get completely annihilated. There should be no memory of him. Timche Zeichar Amolek. Because Amolek represents the force who are the enemies of Hashem. And yes, just to punish Amolek doesn't rectify the Chilol Hashem. There will be punishment for Amolek. But after that, there'll be destruction for Amalek. We don't want a reminder or a reminder which brings to mind the fact that people disobey Hashem. Amalek are the Oyave Hashem who will disappear like the smoke. And if you understand this, then we can come up with one further point. A big chizuk for ourselves before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because we can understand in a deeper way what the Pasuk says about Hashem. Hashem, you don't want the death of the sinner. Rather, he should return from his evil way and, and live. Why? Because the person who's done a virus, he's a rebel. He's disobedient. Even if Hashem would punish him, it only rectifies half of the Chilol Hashem. Even if Hashem would punish me, it would only publicize that a person can't get away with doing a virus. But even the Rosh who's been punished is a Chilol Hashem. Because here you see a person who disobeyed. Here you see there were people who didn't listen. Yes, they got punished for it. And therefore, disobeying Hashem is unsuccessful. But it still shows it was possible. And therefore the much better option is the Rosh Hashanah Then he no longer represents bad. But doing Chava other Rabba, he now shows, we now see him as a Tariq. As somebody who's doing what Hashem wants. And that rectifies both parts of the Chilol Hashem. Because now we don't see as something in the world which was a symbol of disobedience. 
of disrespect. When the Rosh does Shiva, so then now he becomes somebody who does serve Hashem. Somebody is doing the right thing. And that can do more than all the punishments. Punishment, as we said, can rectify the notion that being bad is successful. But punishment can't change the fact that there's a possibility of being bad. Only Chiva. When a person returns to being in a category of what's good, or what Hashem wants, can change that. And those are the two options. On the one hand, there's Chiva. Where people return to being to Dikim. And the other option is the end of Amalek. And they'll cease to exist. And there'll be no memory of the Chilol Hashem that they created. Because with these things together, the Kvot Shemayim will be complete.